It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. You are listening to the good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin with the good news. Hello, friend. Angie Austin here. We've got a good news story for you today, and we've got some of the good news gals here. Monique Davis is here, Michelle Betts, and also Jennifer Bishop. And this week we've been talking about a lot of the real-life problems we deal with that were uh, oftentimes very similar to what you may be dealing with, you know, in your own life. And we hope that you find some inspiration and not just get encouraged by some of the good news stories that we often share on the program, but that you get some encouragement about, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, some of the problems in your own life and finding that that strength and that foundation in Christ that we lean on here as well. And uh, Dave's got a good news story to share with us that I thought might spark some conversation. So this is something inspirational, Dave, involving a program that helps uh, young people get away from gangs. And this is particularly interesting to me because I've been reading about what they've been trying to do in Chicago. And, uh, you know, there have been just the shootings there. It is so terrifying to me. I can't even imagine these young people trying to grow up in an environment where they just might not make it to 18. Right. I mean, it's a scary situation to be in when you're when you're like that and you get it's a cycle that people get stuck in and they feel like they can't get out of it and and, and the only way to not get shot they feel is to get safe with a gang. Right. You know right. I mean? Well, like, it's like a lot of them don't have fathers, family. they don't have adults around and then they have these other where you feel like you're part of something so you join this gang. Um, but more th- more so than that, this is actually kind of like a prison reform thing is just because you were in trouble before and you went to prison doesn't mean you're not a human you're not a person anymore and there's a lot of people who think well once you're a felon you're always a felon you're never going to get better and that's couldn't be farther from the truth and so when this program is it helps people who, who have been to prison who when they get out they they have the second chance and you know they learn how to they learn skills and they learn to get away from like if the only skill you ever had was stealing and hurting people when you get out of prison it's really hard to not do that again and so what they do is they're like hey we want to give you a second chance we want to show you that you can be you know make a good you can feel good about yourself and you can make a positive change in your life and you and the guy in this particular clip when he starts the program i mean he just soars as high as you can soar with it so for himself i was coming home to a house full of gang members and drugs As a teen, he followed his brother into a life of drugs and violence. At 17, he was in a gang fight that left a man seriously hurt. James spent three and a half years in prison. There was no hope. I always thought I was going to die by the time I was 24. But now, at age 24, his life has been turned around, thanks to a chance meeting over six years ago. Scott Budnick, producer of The Hangover movies and criminal justice advocate, taught a writing workshop James attended. He's the guy that everyone wrote off. Every person I knew said this kid is never going to change until he did. Together, they started the anti-recidivism coalition, known as ARC, supporting formerly incarcerated young men and women. 
more than 450 members have pledged to be free of crimes, gangs and drugs, seek employment and serve their community. In California, nearly half of the state inmates released, re-offend and are reincarcerated, but less than 5% of ARC members have returned to prison. James's work with ARC was recognized by the White House, where he told then-President Obama he was going to attend UCLA before he even applied. So you lied to the president. <laughs> I, know, I, I thought I was going to make it happen. I thought I, thought I was going to go. I, I might have. President Obama, I'm sorry. <laughs> that picture inspired change in James's big brother, Charles, who is now also a member of ARC. If he came from the same environment I did, and now he's in the White House shaking hands with the president, why can't I do that? Charles spent nine years in prison and was released two months ago, just in time to share a special family milestone. James graduated with honors from UCLA last month, Charles by his side. This is going to be one of the main projects. Now he's launching a Latino streetwear line that gives back to the community. When you give someone a little bit of a glimmer of hope and some light in their life, it's incredible what's possible. The brothers, no longer prisoners of their past, with a little hope that came by way of Hollywood, now helping others find their path. Such a cool story. Mm. And, just, and, the, and the streetwear line that he had, the clothes look really cool. They're like really nice clothes. And, you know, and he's, it all goes to benefit more people coming out of the prison system. And, I mean, what did he say? 50% of California offenders reoffend, but only 5% of the people part of this program don't you know, reoffend. So that's a really big change. Wow. I think about Michelle's friend who came in and when mm. we left because he had come from a very difficult background and also been involved in crime and now, you know, lives in Colorado, a beautiful suburb and you know, great family, successful career, nice home. And when we went outside, Michelle, to talk on the way out, he said, what about your siblings? Why do you think they didn't make it? And he said, because people ask me about, you know, my siblings and um, what's different, you know, and I, I've been perplexed by that at times as well, you know, because yeah. my family kind of split with the siblings too. Right. Did well and too really you know one was murdered and the other has been homeless last time I talked to him he was in a shelter but I don't know where he is now and then you and, and then, Ted, yeah, Ted, yeah. you know went through the academy and it's like what what is it you know especially if you have the same mom and dad right I know I feel that I mean I know this is so like o overdone people say it all the time but I feel like birth order plays a huge role in really? how oh, you see really? yourself in the world well, I wonder though, I see I my wonder... children they're just so different and I feel that their birth order has had a huge impact on who they are not saying it impacts your family the same way mm. but those oldest children they carry so much on their shoulders they just do you know I hmm. like I understand what you're saying um, but with my girls because I wanted to be a psychologist so oh my, that's right my bachelor's yeah. is in psychology and then God took me a different path but so I understand what you're saying. I get that. But I have three girls. So I'm always, um, I've always been conscious of their birth order because of my educational background. So my daughter, my oldest daughter, yesterday, she came home. And so my middle daughter, Amber, she had been saying, I want a desk. I want a desk. We just, re we have been redoing their rooms and, um, she was back and forth about the desk that she wanted so we found one and so I went and picked it up and when she came home the desk was in her room well I didn't find Alicia a desk 
because Alicia the is oldest. the oldest. She's picky. So she goes in Amber's room so and Amber's like, she tells Amber, you can never say anything about being a middle child. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean by that? And she was like, I'm just saying, mama, I'm, it's nothing. You got I'm your like, desk first. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the funny. thing about it is. It's funny because I can buy anything for Hope, my middle child. I don't care what it is. She will wear it. And she will think it's beautiful. And that's how and my the Amber little, is. And the other two, I can't buy anything for them. They're so picky. Mm. Alicia, my oldest, she's like, oh, mama, did you buy that for me or you? I'm like, what? And my youngest, Andre, she'll just tell me flat out, no, ma'am, no, thank you. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> or she'll say, did you keep the receipt? I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, that's, the best. that's hilarious. Did you keep that? But my, my middle daughter, she's in there. Don't get me wrong. They're always thankful and grateful. But my middle daughter is just always, like, so kind about it. Yeah. Like, she kept hugging me yesterday, and she was like, Mama, thank you for my desk. And she kept hugging her daddy. Thank you, Daddy, for my desk. And I was like, it's just a desk. Whereas if it would have been for my, my oldest or my youngest, they would have said, mm, thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So even my oldest, she was like, she sent me this diagram. She drew and sent a picture to me like 12 o'clock last night to, to her daddy and I. Diagram of the desk she wants? And she wants a new computer on top of it. That sounds like some pottery barn right there. <laughs> she drew a computer on top of it. And I'm like, what is that? She's like, oh, that's my computer. I'm like, it looks like a basketball goal. <laughs> uh, that is uh, that's too funny. Now, my son, he doesn't, well, maybe it's just that. No, he's never. Hmm. He doesn't want anything. He doesn't want any help. He doesn't, he wants to do it himself. Even when he was doing, going to school and getting his Eagle Scout, he would get mad if we would help him. And we're like, uh, dude, you can't even drive to go do, I mean, we have yeah, to drive he you. He had a cool project too. We were there when oh, he got his Eagle Scout and he did yeah. a really neat project. And there's no way he could have done that without you guys. Yeah. And it, you know, it's so interesting. Now he's an only, I wonder how that plays into birth order birth order only I think it versus just, I birth think order just oldest. Makes him spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit. I know. And you, you know, as, as a parent of an only, cause that's not what we wanted. That was, you know, had tons of issues that way, but, um, we really tried hard to not give him everything, but it's like, you don't know what you don't know. Like he never had to share bathroom or, you know, he never had to, you know, watch somebody else's sport or, uh, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like we, he had built in things, unfortunately, that we had no control over. So he did work since he was 15. We're like, dude, if you want extra stuff, you know, we'll buy you birthday and stuff. But after that, so he's worked since he was 15. But yeah, that's interesting. And that's I think that's always a struggle, especially for Andre and myself. Like we always talk about where you know you want your children to do better mm -hmm. than you mm -hmm. and have more than you have you had but then there's a thin line because like when we were in hawaii we and they had to share a bathroom yes. oh. which at home they don't they have in their hawaii own and they had to share a bathroom you were cracking me <laughs> up. oh my gosh First world problems they came to me and they were like i'm so sick of sharing a bathroom and i'm like are you kidding 
telling you. Suck it up, sister. Suck it up. I'm telling you, like, right now, Mom, like, if I have to, like, share a bathroom in paradise again, like, I'm not even coming on our next paradise vacation. If we go to the Bahamas, if we go to Grand Cayman, yeah, and I have to, like, share a bathroom, then paradise is out for my vacation next time. These kids They can't help it, though. They can't. But I'm I'm just, they don't know. I'm just like, can you just say thank you for bringing me to Hawaii? Hawaii. Because me and your daddy could have came back by ourselves, but we were like, no, we wanted, you and maybe know, we, we want the girls time. to experience. And that's what he said. My <laughs> husband was like, well, guess what? Next time you can stay home and have your own bathroom. <laughs> Sweet. Yes. You can stay home and you can get your very own bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> because um, we've talked in here about like the kids saying yeah, about, you know, whether or not they're rich, because I guess by many standards, our kids would be oh considered wealthy. Oh my gosh, wealthy. incredibly. And then um, I, I'm always telling them about like if kids at school don't have as much you can you are not better than they are you haven't done more than they have you aren't more educated than you than they are you're not on a higher level than they are you are nothing more than they are because as we said you have nothing you're nothing you we might have a nice house but you you don't have anything you don't have nothing mm. yeah it's all mine yeah <laughs> and they think it's like associated with them and it really should not be no and it i think in school there's already a hierarchy yes. of, i heard some yep. of the kids talking in the back of the car last weekend and one of the kids said he has some girls saw my house at school and they think I'm rich and I felt like saying you're not anything you know but I thought <laughs> well I'm trying to help my kids make friends I might not want to do that you I know. know yeah we've had the same discussion people you know have said Lauren has actually said you know oh gosh the rich kids at school and I'm like <laughs> you mean like you because I'm sure there's a bunch of people there who think that you're rich yeah. you're the one with the retired athlete dad you know what I mean <laughs> and but then at the same time, there's, um, you know, kids will come over, kids have been over to the house and then left and been like, see, I told you Lauren was rich. And I'm like, oh, it kind of, it's one of those things that burns you up. Like you want to, you want your kids to have so many things, right? You want them to have just, you More always see, yeah, you always, you always, I always look at my kids and I see myself and I'm like, oh, I wish I could give that girl this. I want that girl to yeah. have had all these yeah. experience yeah. and so you give it to them but at the end of the day you, you just want them to appreciate it and it's it's not always it's hard to always appreciate it when you think that like that's like the norm for everybody I'm like it's not normal my thing is not material stuff like that my girls have it's experiences, experiences. not yep. even experiences I always am like you know from afar and I, I share this with Andre you know I wonder what kind of person would I have been if I had a father like you yeah mm. and he always tells me you're exactly who you're supposed to be and my yeah, own and Beatri dad Beatrice would say uh, that because she mentors so many kids mm -hmm. she said I wonder who I would have become if I would have had a Beatrice mentoring me when I was a kid mm. she was talking you know? about that last yeah. week yeah and, you, and you, when you just said Michelle what you said and I'm sorry to interrupt you Monique it's I'll okay. let you go um, you said the thing um, about Michelle about wanting to do things for kids you didn't have and for part of my childhood we were really poor and lived in low-income housing and some of my brothers were using drugs and my dad was not in our lives at that time and my mom worked the graveyard shift and I locked myself in my room to um, study because I was a straight-A student and I worked seven days a week so I could have a car and clothes that weren't embarrassing to wear to, wear to school so with that said my kids have a completely different life than I had yes. completely different yes. life. Yep. and so it was funny because the, the the dad of your kids wrote on Facebook when he saw our vacation he goes I just if I come back I want to come back as one of your kids you know <laughs> and as Christians of course we know we're not coming back you know we're going to heaven yeah. but I said me too Andy me too like 
I would love to have had a childhood yeah. like my kids have. But that's my like whole goal. My yes. uh, my whole goal the last you know fifteen years has been to provide a life for my children that I didn't have. Yeah, exactly. Well, and trust me, that is a legit. That's not a backhanded thing. That's a real common. Uh, a compliment coming from him and he's we say that about our own kids like yeah. oh if I could come back I want to come back as a Betts kid because you just think and, and like and in heaven uh, we will we'll have all yeah that. right yes. so and like more. what Eek was saying like it's not even it's not even the material things no the fact the that my kids have two parents who are constantly available for them at Crazy all times about them. I yeah. have time to talk about you know any problem with school any picking on I have time to like you know just get them together and let's discuss like our relationship as the four of us like what's going on here why we, wait, we, we so all wait we all have that because you know we've got um, Monique's got three Michelle has three kids I have three Jennifer's got one um Jennifer Stephen was home because he'd been diagnosed with ALS yeah I was your home. your husband is retired from our uh, you know Andy's retired from his professional athletic career mm-hmm. so your kids in elementary middle and high school have tons of time with him you have a tons. flexible career Monique your career is flexible your husband's retired from athletics and I I have a flexible schedule so I am taking the kids to the school bus in the morning I'm picking them up I'm taking them to all sports now granted my husband's working a lot of what? hours but they do have me and grandma and their nanny who's there a lot too yes so that's a lot of love that a these kids lot. are surrounded by so that's what I was thinking Monique when you said I wonder how I would have turned out if I had a dad like your husband Andre Mm -hmm. and he said you turned out just the way you're supposed to because of course even though our father wasn't in our home we had the Lord in heaven as our father that's probably why faith became for us the most important because we didn't have a dad so that father figure you know became in our through our faith the foundation that helped that love that we didn't get from our fathers but sometimes I feel like that's why I struggle early on um, with my obedience to God because I feel like our fathers on earth are supposed to teach us how to be our, uh, a child to our father in heaven through, you know, the life that they live through obedience. And, and because I didn't have that with my earthly father, it made it harder for me with my heavenly father mm. as far as, you know, being obedient. And it, because when I was younger, I was like, you're not telling me what to do to my own dad because he wasn't there for me. Right. So it was like, why should I listen right. to you? You didn't respect and, him. And, mm-hmm. and you're not even here for me. You don't know what's going on with my life. You don't know what I go through on a daily basis. Him. Yeah. So I would be in the front yard playing and he would pass by me like he didn't even see me. Wow. So it made it harder early on for me to have that relationship with God and I, and I, like I really that. believe that that's why wow. I believe that I had an amazing father you did. but not Christian I was not raised in a Christian home they were good people I mean we had they fostered kids they they did all the Christian things fed people I mean people my dad owned a construction business and we had people living with us every color like whatever it didn't matter they were all we all the same but I didn't grow up with those Christian values so I feel so incredibly blessed um, but it, but at 32 I found out I was adopted <laughs> that was kind of a big shock but mm-hmm. it, it's so interesting so for me it was easy to accept 
the heavenly father because I had such a great role mm-hmm. model. I'm like, oh my gosh, my dad was so amazing. And I can't even, like, it blows my mind how wonderful. So it, it's so interesting, um, the whole obedient. As a Christian, I really struggle with that whole fear the Lord. Fear is not in my wheelhouse because right. my, my father, right. my, my earthly father was so amazing. Now, respect. Um, obedience is huge, but fear, how could I fear an all loving and knowing God? Wait, did I tell you guys, you know, I reunited with my dad about yes. um, six, seven years ago that I'm taking him on his bucket list trip to Nashville. <gasps> Can I tell you guys that? Oh, nice. And we're going to uh, the Johnny Cash Museum I and the Grand Ole Opry. It. Yeah, at the end of September. Oh, so maybe we can meet. <laughs> meet you there. Yeah, he's not coming here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Meet you there. Can. All right, we'll be right back with the good news. Good news of Jesus for you in high definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. Hi, it's Angie. Hey, would you like to donate items? You know, maybe some old sporting equipment, old furniture, old clothing. You'd like the tax write off. You'd like to help others, but it's kind of a hassle to gather it all up and drop it off, and you're just too busy. Well, guess what? Art Thrift Stores, they will come right to you, to your house, pick up your items, and leave you your tax write off donation form. How do you do that? Call 303. 303- 238-JANE, 238-5263. And again, all of these items that you donate, they help people right in our own community. They help people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And what better thing to do with your items that you no longer need than to help others? I shop at ARC all the time. I get my kids sporting equipment, gotten a rocking chair. I've gotten boots there. I have a purse that's amazing that still had the tags on it. It's a coach bag, and I got it at ARC. I shop there, and I help others, and I donate my items. About once every month or two, and I call 303 238 Jane, and they come right to my house with the truck and they pick everything up. Here, check it out again 303 238 Jane. There is so much fun stuff to do at YMCA of the Rockies this summer, you're never going to want to leave. Come fill your days and nights with our exciting programs and entertaining activities. This year at the YMCA Estes Park Center, there is something for everybody at our brand new Boone Family Mountain Center. The Mountain Center has a two-story climbing wall, a bouldering area, a totally revamped gear shop, and serves as the stepping-off point for all of the guided hikes, bike trails, fly fishing tours, and our exciting zipline. YMCA Estes Park is surrounded on three sides by Rocky Mountain National Park, and it's the ideal family vacation located in a stunning environment that helps build healthy minds, bodies, and spirits for all. At YMCA of the Rockies, we love to provide real bonding experiences for families of all sizes. Go to ymcarockies.org. Fill your summer with fun, exciting, and affordable family adventures at YMCA of the Rockies. Go to ymcarockies.org to book your stay today. Hello, hello. This is producer Dave. I'm sitting in for Angie today, and I've got a very awesome interview with our good friend that we met through Lee Schaefer, is how uh, Angie introduced me and Andy Garcia together. I have Donna Hetzler and Michelle Betts here, and we're going to have a really great conversation. Uh, Andy Garcia has had a very interesting life. Uh, his ups and downs, and but everything has had everything that he's gone through, has pointed him to the direction that where he is today, where he gets to use his music, his beautiful music, to minister to people and to share the love of God with everybody. And it's, re- it's just a real good, 
uh, pleasure to have you in here today, thank Andy. You thanks so for much. being here. No, it's an honor for sure. I'm so excited to be with you guys. So thank you. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself that maybe I want, I'm not going to be able to tell uh, tell the listeners, and uh, and then we can kind of go into your recent event at the Broomfield Center, and then we'll talk about how that went. Absolutely. You know, I uh, I grew up uh, in Dallas, Texas, and in, uh, in a pretty you know, uh, bad neighborhood at the time. And, um, uh, it was Oak Cliff and, um, God just, you know, it was crazy. I mean, you would see guys shoot from, uh, across the street to each other, you know? <laughs> and I was like, Whoa, what's going on here? You know? Right. And, uh, you know, growing up in the hood is a little tricky. Never had a dad. And, uh, my mom was, um, the only working parent in the house. And, you know, I had a lot of cousins, some Mexicans, so a lot of cousins, you know, it's just crazy. I have a lot of family. You know? <laughs> I love my nice, family. Nice, nice having a lot amazing. of family. I'm Italian, too, so yeah, we're so very all, similar, right? Yeah, it's all about family. And, yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, uh, with that, with cousins and family, uh, it wasn't really my friends that I, I hung out with that got me in trouble. It was more of my cousins because they were all in the in gangs and things of that nature. I mean, they they were pretty associated and and close with them. And and not having a dad, you find some uh, insecurities that you you have to face, you know. And uh, um, which is kind of hard, but yet at the same time, you realize that uh, God is your daddy, and mm -hmm. and you realize that. Uh, no matter what you go through, no matter where you've been, he, you could always overcome if you just believe and understand who your fa true father is. And so, when did you did, like kind of discover that though? Was it pretty young? Like, I don't have a father, but God is my daddy. I mean, it's a beautiful statement, especially coming from a big manly man like you. You know, it's just so endearing to hear that. But then, you know, kind of at what age? Did you experience that? You know, it's crazy because my grandpa was a tile setter for about 60 years. And my and my uncle, uh, they used to travel with the Galileans. And so it was an old Southern Gospel group that traveled with old, like, the Imperials and things like that. And so what I, what I, what I realized when I got older, um, I saw Jesus through them, even though I didn't understand uh, what I was seeing. And mm -hmm. so I, I would look at them as, um, uh, kind of more like a father figure in my life, especially my uncle Frank, he would take me fishing and things like that. And then all of a sudden I saw a split from my aunt and, and, and him. And I was like, Oh man, it kind of hurt my heart because I, I kept seeing those bondages and those hurts over and over again. But it was more like when I was probably more like in middle school okay. uh, that I really, you know, seventh grade, sixth grade, right in that area that I really realized I got saved when I was about 13 years old, 14 years old, right in that area. And, and when I got saved, that's kind of when all these things started playing in my head, even though I dealt with anger and frustration and, you know, I, I dealt with insecurities, like people were like, um, you know, just trusting people, and 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 I was kind of like a mama's boy. You know, it's it's weird, right? You know, that's seriously, your, yeah, seriously, I don't see that awesome. at all. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I was a mama's boy, and 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 my wife, my my mom, she always worked all the time, but yet I love people so much because I saw it through my grandfather who loved the Lord with all his heart. He actually, at one time, there was an accident where my mom was was in 
critical condition so bad that the news reported it at that time where half of her brain was uh, gone. So she actually has a metal plate in her brain because my, my grandfather was an alcoholic. And when this happened, uh, it, it just turned out that he was done. He, he couldn't believe what he did. And so he went to church one day. His friend invited him to church. And at the altar, the power of God hit him so much that when he repented that day, God just began to just heal his heart. He said that he had this burning sensation in his body. And the, and the, the liquor and all those things just literally left his body. And he, from that point on, he was so radically touched by God and so radically saved that he never touched a, an ounce of alcohol never again in his wow, life. Wow, that's the transforming Amazing. power yeah, crazy mm-hmm. of God and just being touched like mm-hmm. that by and moved by God. Yeah, and away. and that's kind of how I learned that's kind of how I learned from who God really is. I started seeing my grandpa and I started seeing my uncle. They loved they loved this man called Jesus. Well then one day I go to this Assembly of God church uh, uh, in 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 DeSoto, Texas. And uh, a big old guy named Brian Bickerstaff, he, he was on the power team for the church, you know, at that time where they break bricks with their heads and right. plus water <laughs> bottles and all that stuff. Well, he, he, uh, he, he just comes up to me, kisses me on the forehead and say, who is this big old white dude kissing me on the head? <laughs> I grew up in the hood and here's this guy kissing the Mexican on the head. And, you know, back in that day in the South, you know, you had this racial tension and stuff like that. But yeah. to see this white dude that just looked so big and muscular – come up and give me a kiss. I said, man, on my forehead, I said, man, this guy right here loves Jesus to do mm-hmm. that to me. I said, whoever that guy is and whatever heart he, whatever he's doing, I want to know. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we started going to the project ministry with him and he invited me. And right there, I got saved in the projects. Uh, and, and I was just on the ministry trip with them. Mm-hmm. And he turns to me and say, Andy, have you ever asked Jesus into your life? And I said, nah, man. And right there, we just did it right there. It was cool. And ever since then, I, I quit smoking. I quit cussing. And it was like a, it's like coming like my grandfather, you know. Right. Now, I still had other issues. But at that point in time, my life changed for Jesus, you know. And so I love crazy. that, too, because you say I had other issues. Like God meets us where we're at, mm-hmm. you know, on the road of brokenness. And, yeah, there were some life-changing things. But you realized as you walk along with him, you're going to work on these things. But he met you where, right where you were at and transformed you right then and there and said, walk with me and we'll work on the rest of it as we go. So what I know, music is a huge part of your ministry now. And how did that come to be? And what, where did your passion for music come from? And how did that, because it seems like there wasn't that much music going on in your life before. Yeah. You know, actually, because my uncle was in the Galileans, um, you know, I saw him have these nice BMWs and all these things. And I got to go on a, a tour bus with them and, uh, I started seeing him, and I really looked up to him, and they really took me in as a, as a son. And um, uh, I got spanked by him, which is awesome, <laughs> uh, which some people are like, ah, don't spank anymore. But, hey, I'm glad I got spanked because I'm the man. Uh, I'm who I am today because of that. And I know it's sometimes hard for parents to understand that, but but I really appreciated that discipline in my life. And if I didn't have that, I wouldn't be who I am today. And, uh, but he really inspired me. All my cousins played, um, 
my cousin has actually uh, been on tour a, a lot of times. He he works in the sound. All my cousins, uh, my cousin Jeremy, he plays here around town with me. Uh, he plays drums. My, um, all of them play an instrument. And I started seeing them up on stage, and I really became an intercessor first. And I didn't know what intercessor was called, intercessory prayer. I didn't know none of that stuff because, you know, in today's time, it was kind of crazy. But, you know, they look at that as, oh, man, that's weird. But, no, I, I, I actually enjoy praying. I mean, I love praying. I mean, that's where, I, that's where my roots are at. And so when – when I realized, I turned, I remember turning to the stage and in my heart, it just said, God, I want to do that. And I remember as a young boy, I, I used to look at the Grammys and I said, man, God, I just want to be on the Grammys one day. I didn't know God at the time, I, right. but in my heart, I just, I knew something was in, in there that said, I want to be there on that stage. Mm -hmm. And then I started seeing my cousins. And then as I'm praying, that same thing happened to me there. And then a coincidence happened. My youth pastor, our youth pastor, he left and he came to Denver, Colorado. Well, on the way home, me and my cousin Bob were listening to uh, uh, Daryl Evans uh, back in the 90s. You know, right. he's still around. Uh, Daryl's still around today uh, doing some stuff. But but we were talk. Uh, I was singing and my cousin turns to me and goes, Andy, you can sing. I said, man, you are crazy. <laughs> I said, there's no way I can sing. And, uh, you know, and growing up in special ed, because of I ne never had a dad and all these things, um, it was hard for me uh, school-wise to do certain things. But growing up in uh, special ed, I was like, man, there is no way I can sing in front of people. But I remember I took the challenge just out of the blue. It was just something that just said, yeah, I'll do it, you know, if you're with me. And so that's what I told my cousin. I said, I'll do it if you're with me, man. He goes, dude, I'll be with you 100% all the way. And we just started practicing every day for weeks on end. And I remember the first time I ever started playing music was when I was in, uh, about 16 years old. And there was 40 of my peers. They were all laughing at me because I was forgetting the words. They had the words in back of me. And I just felt so dumb and so stupid at that time where I was like, God, you're going to have to guide me the rest of the way. And, and, and he has. And I know to this day that the only reason why I'm on that stage is because my daddy takes me on and off. And that's it. I don't, I, I mean, people say, man, you have a great voice, this and that, and blah, blah, blah. But the reality is, is God takes me on and takes me off. And I know when it's time to go off, it's, it, that's it, you know, and I know when it's time to go on. And the anointing comes when it comes. And when, and when I'm off, I'm like, I really don't like singing. You know, my throat hurts. <laughs> it's like, ah. But inside my heart, I know that that's, this is what God's called me to do and, mm -hmm. and speak to people that were, are in the same or were in the same position. You know, at this event this past weekend, a guy comes up to me and says, man, I could totally relate not having a dad. And now he's an engineer, makes a lot of money doing all these things. And just sharing that testimony of, of not having a dad and uh, dealing with the issues that I've dealt with, with reading, with girls, with feeling insecure, I mean, only Jesus can set me free, and that's mm -hmm. what's happened.
Mm. So. so going from that spot to being signed with Dream Capital Records, like how did that come about? Because I love, I was writing your quote, like God puts me on and takes me off the stage. I love that humility too. And um, being called and know you're calling and when he's saying, yes, get in the limelight and okay, now it's time to retreat. So so how did it transpire to get you there? So I had a good friend of mine, uh, 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 Scotty Flint, and then uh, uh, Aaron Bag. Well, a good friend of mine, he, he uh, does expect hope uh, ministries, ministers to uh, kids and help kids all around the world. Um, he kind of, We were in a meeting one day and uh, we we're doing this thing called Hope Fest that happened in Centennial here in Denver uh, or at Centennial uh, uh, Park over here. And um, and we're in this meeting. My buddy Scotty just says, hey, man, I just got one thing, a favor to ask you. And he was talking to Aaron at the time. And and um, he goes, as long as you can hook Andy up with a, a record deal. you know." <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of how it all happened. And I was like, what are you doing? Man? This about something totally different. It was crazy. And God just opened up the door. I mean, Dream's a great label to, to be uh, with. And uh, they have great hearts. They're golly guys that really want to see, um, you know, the presence of God come. And so it's really, really cool. Um, but that's kind of how that happened, uh, you know. So I'm just excited. Yeah, that is totally exciting. So we only got a few minutes left, about four minutes left. Why don't you tell us about the, I know you just were at Life of Valor last weekend. <clears throat> tell us about how that went. Uh, you, obviously, you were excited. That's a really big event every year. And then uh, tell us what's next for you. So, you know, I was just at Life of Valor, and I tell you what, those uh, uh, the men uh, that really need to be at those places were there. And it was the coolest thing. I mean... I know I needed to be there. Uh, there's uh, Life of Valor's with a bunch of Navy SEALs that God called them to do this. And, you know, everybody tries to compare to venues or, or events of, that, of the past. But really, Life of Valor is just an awesome event that... Um, a bunch of men got together, and here's these tough guys that are speaking at this event that have seen crazy things all over the world. I mean, one of them, I mean, I can't say certain stories, but but there's a lot of things that has uh, that these guys do teach, and it's just awesome to be around Navy SEAL guys that love Jesus, but that you know go and kill people at the same time. It's weird, right? <laughs> they love Jesus, but they have to they have a job to do, mm, you right. know, and 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 they wanted to see men rise up to be men. Um, and I think that there there's a movement that men are trying to to still find out who they were just like I am, you know. But yet at the same time, there's a bunch of men who do know who they are and and, and those guys are the guys that need to teach other people there's a lot of mentoring that needs to be uh, uh going on in our, our in our world today especially with man with man i mean if man knew who how much power that they do have i think our world could be a better place sometimes and i think sometimes we just don't know and we kind of we kind of fumble across uh, uh in life to try to figure this whole thing out called life but at the same time there's a bunch of people that are godly men who have figured it out and are living the godly lifestyle that need to teach boys and guys like me who didn't have parents mm -hmm. or didn't have a dad um, to to really be a man uh, after God's own heart. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That's amazing. And, and you spread that message, and I think it's so important. And 
um, Life of Valor is such a cool event. So yeah. um, I appreciate all that. And so anything next? You have a other? You have a record coming out, or you got some? dates coming up anything like that where where can we find you things like that absolutely you can find me on andy garcia music uh, uh dot com uh or the andy garcia uh, uh official uh music dot com i think that's what my my son he's 16 years old just started a, a marketing company uh he graduated high school and just started uh, marketing for me so he's changing everything around but <laughs> yeah you could definitely find me at andy garcia music dot com on facebook we do have some stuff going on uh i just moved to nashville from denver been in uh, uh denver for about 20 years but i feel like god's calling us to do na- uh to move to nashville and we just did that over july 4th weekend so a lot of things are are coming up. I am playing at a couple of churches here in Denver, one at the Ascent Church. Uh, we're doing the Faith Night at um, uh, the Pepsi Center on October 26th, um, so we're, get, we're getting ready for that. Um, and that's about it for right now. There's a lot of other things in the works, but that's what's happening right now. Well, Thank that's you guys. so awesome. And thank you so much for being here, Andy. Yes, absolutely. Yes. The, your love it fills the room. It does. It's, it's, so it's infectious, and your story's so great. And I think our listeners are really, uh, you know, remember this interview and i know i'm going to remember it and i i can't wait to tell angie about it and thanks for coming in and everybody go to andy garcia music.com to find out where you can see him maybe we'll even make a trip down to nashville i mean if you're going to make music come on that's where you want to be yeah let's go (laughs) thanks for being in and uh and we'll be right back we're actually going to be talking to brian watson the that's right treasurer candidate next so thank you all and stick around All right, Angie Austin here along with Adam. Adam is an ambassador with ARC, and when you shop at ARC, it helps the ambassadors. They help people in our community. Every dollar you spend helps, and everything you donate helps. ARC is a tremendous benefit to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Now, there's a Saturday sale. Most items half off. If I'm a senior, 55 and over, on Tuesdays, most items are half off. How do we find out about that? ARCthrift.org. How about if I want to donate? Where do I donate? 303-238-JANE. You call them and they'll pick up whatever you need. Furniture, small, big. Medium. uh, Yep, absolutely. Uh, Small, big, medium. They'll bring the truck right on over. What's the number? 303-238-JANE. Yeah, they bring a truck right to your house. 303-238-JANE. 303-238-JANE. ARCthrift.org. Does uh, ARC make you feel special? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought so. The ARC special. ARCthrift.org. As are you, ma'am. As are you. Thank you. Do you love working for ARC? I love... Hi, it's Angie. Thanks so much for listening to the good news. If you like the good news program and you'd like to support us, we need to partner up with businesses to keep this show going. I'd really like to keep it on the air and I need advertisers in order to do that. And I'd love to partner with you and help you build your business or your website. Maybe you're a nonprofit and you'd like to do an interview and you'd like to donate to us so that we can help you get donations as well. AngieAustinRadio.com. AngieAustinRadio.com. Just click on contact me. I would love to partner up with you. I think this is a great program. We've been on the air for about seven years now, and I think a lot of people have gotten a ray of sunshine and some faith and even a little fun from this program. So if you'd like to support us, please go to AngieAustinRadio.com. We would like to help you build your business or nonprofit as well. AngieAustinRadio.com and click on contact. I'd love to hear from you, and I'd love to help you build your business. 
Angie Austin here. You know, my family, probably much like yours, a getaway is so important to us, that family bonding time. And my favorite place in the world, and my kids too, no, it's not Disney, uh, it's YMCA the Rockies. And we go up several times a year, and we have four years. I've been going up there since I was a kid. We had our family reunion there last year, and we had the best vacation of the summer up there as well. And so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about some of their family programs and a really neat thing that's coming up, the Yoga Weekend as well. And so joining us is Julie Thomas, and she's the Family Programs Director for the YMCA of the Rockies. Welcome, Julie. Thank you so much. So tell us about this event. I've been kind of following it in my emails I received from you, and it sounds really exciting and fun. Absolutely. So this is actually going to be our very first family yoga weekend that we're hosting here at the Y of the Rockies, and we're really excited. Um, like you said, really kind of getting that family feel um, and kind of slowing it down a little bit for that fall. Everyone's jumping back into school and whatnot, so uh, wanting to provide an opportunity for uh, families so, you know, to come up and, and do some yoga. So we've got, you know, starting with sunrise yoga on Saturday, We've got some kids yoga, some talks about essential oils, yoga for beginners, some yoga for more advanced folks who have already been doing yoga and are fairly well practiced. Um, and then something that I didn't even know, and, and I'm learning now, there's some yoga uh, for specific um, interests or for specific body you know, types or for looking at developing balance or power. So uh, really pulling some of those really specialized yoga forms in as well. Um, just to get a, a different variety. And so the entire weekend is all about kind of that refreshing, rejuvenating, um, you know, getting ready for, for fall and being in a kind of peaceful place. Now, some of the other things uh, that, you know, go on up there, people can take uh, part in as well. I've taken yoga up there with my daughter and another one of her friends, one of my girlfriends, and uh, one of the kids liked it. The other was like, eh, even though she was so good at it because she's so limber. So let's <laughs> say you've got a kid that wants to do it, a couple kids that don't. You've still got the crafts and the roller skating and the zip lining and the rock climbing and the hiking and everything else that a kid may want to do. All of that's offered on the same weekend? Absolutely. So we've got mini golf is still going to be up and running. Uh, the roller skating rink that you mentioned. We've got, you know, all sorts of outdoor sports opportunities. We've got hikes. Um, one of my favorite hikes is along Glacier Creek, which is the border to the national park. Um, and it's just, it's beautiful. So we've got all kinds of different hikes, activities, uh, different classes about, you know, how do you like find different animal tracks and what kind of animals are in the mountains and, um, what kind of survival skills are important, what kind of knots can we tie, and what are they used for. Um, and then you mentioned the Craft and Design Center as well, which is, I mean, you could spend weekends upon weekends upon weekends just in there um, in a large variety of crafts. So, um, you know, anyone who's even remotely inclined for some creativity is going to find something there that they really love. You know, some of the coolest things we took uh, this summer, one of them was kind of a Bible study and um, rock climbing, and two young interns, they're as sweet as could be, taught my kids, there's three kids, by the way, about a chord, you know, and how a chord can be broken, but two chords are stronger, but three chords, can't, when they stay, stand together, can't be broken. And I said to my kids how important it was for them to stand together as a family, and what a neat, refreshing experience to have the two wholesome, wonderful kids from the ministry department work with my kids on the rock climbing and so that was a real highlight for us you mentioned the putt-putt golf that's amazing in that little area where you where you go over and you borrow by the way it's the putt-putt golf you don't pay more for that you don't pay more for roller skating you just go over and check out your putt-putt stuff you check out your skates and um, I didn't realize you guys have tennis equipment too like this is the first time the kids actually went over and got rackets from the same hut where they get the uh, putt-putt equipment so I'm just dumbfounded at the things that you 
you can do and not pay extra for. And so let's say you get a lodge room for around $100 or thereabouts, okay? And then to include all those activities, and, you know, there are a few you pay a little bit for, but there's still a nominal fee. But we've come weekends where we don't pay a single extra penny for the knot class you mentioned or the family class where we build, um, like, a, we built a lean-to, like a survival lean-to. It just mm-hmm. blows my mind the quality of what we get for family activities at the Y. So you do an excellent job. And, oh, I have to tell you, Mountain Man, we've seen him three times. My kids, the youngest, actually believe he's a real mountain man that survived since the 1800s. And when they asked him how he lived so long, he looked right at my nine-year-old and he said, clean living. (laughs) It's incredible. (laughs) Well, like you mentioned, right, we've got all kinds of other folks and guests that come up. Um, we've got pickleball, which is a huge growing so thing. Fun. If your kids aren't playing that, that's going to be something I'd encourage checking out next time. Um, but that, yeah, like you mentioned, there's just a huge variety of stuff and a lot of stuff, again, like you said, is, is really at no additional cost. So, um, folks coming up for this yoga weekend, like you said, if you, maybe mom and kid or, you know, one or two of the kids are really interested and, and the rest of the family, not as much. There's still going to be plenty to keep everyone happy, keep everyone entertained. Well, we extended our last vacation and I've been up there probably 50 times. So that's saying something that I, I didn't want to leave. So how do we find out more about the yoga weekend and the YMC of the Rockies in general? Perfect. I would say the easiest thing to do is just jump online, ymcarockies.org. And if you had a backslash yoga weekend to that, that'll get you details about the yoga weekend. Um, We've got some information, again, highlighting kind of what variety of classes we're going to have on there. Uh, Some information about our instructors who will be up for the yoga weekend. You can catch up on a little bio from them. Um, Really cool people from all different walks of life and all kinds of backgrounds and history. Um, And then if you guys are looking to go ahead and look for availability for rooms and sign up, that link is all on the website as well. Excellent. Julie Thomas, Family Programs Director, thank you. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.